This is Radiate, the podcast that celebrates life and shines a light on life-restoring stories of organ, tissue, and eye donors, recipients, and information you need to know about donation. Welcome back to Radiate. This is episode 25. I'm Audrey Coleman, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Today's episode of Radiate was recorded in May of this year during one of Aurora's regular Facebook live shows. Members of the Aurora Communications Department, Michael Scott, Stacey Robinson, and Asia Johnson are hosts of the show and conducted the interview. Their guest was Aurora's new CEO, Mark Tudor. You can also access that episode containing Mark's interview by visiting Aurora's Facebook page at Facebook dot com forward slash donate life arkansas and now for may 17th 2022 an interview with aurora ceo and donor dad mark tudor i am michael and i am here with my lovely co-host stacy wave stacy and miss asia wave asia hi and we want to welcome you guys to another facebook live first of all i want to say what a beautiful day it is outside. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, it is I am so thankful to be able to get outside in this wonderful weather. And uh, I just want to let everybody know who's not originally from Arkansas, because I'm not originally from Arkansas, but what they all, we always tell, I've been here long enough, but what we always tell people, if you don't like the weather, give it a day or so, it'll change. Mm-hmm. In our case, give it a couple of hours, it'll change. <laughs> so in the last couple of days, I know we've been through cold. I had my heat on a little bit last night. The day before, a couple days before, I had on some shorts. So, mm-hmm. so if I call in sick in the next couple of days, everybody will know why, right? <laughs> it's <Okay>. cold. <laughs> so we want to thank you guys for joining us um, for our Facebook Live. We, we have some great guests today. And our first guest is a new member of our team, a very important member of our team, if you want to say that. If so, you know. But we want to welcome him in. And come on in, Mr. Mark Tudor. Mark is our new CEO of Aurora. Let me unmute him so he can. How are you doing, Mark? Great, Mike. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Uh, we want to welcome you to Aurora. We were, you know, we wanted to wait to have a good time where we could focus on you to have you on the show as a guest. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, sir. We appreciate you coming to Arkansas. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? Well, first, let's talk about that weather. So uh, I spent the last probably 20 years in Michigan, and uh, the, the amount of snow that they have up there, I do not miss it at all. So I'm extremely happy to be in Arkansas. Uh, I've been in Oregon donation for about 25 years, uh, mostly in, in the state of Michigan. Uh, they work for a rather large OPO up there. I did a quick tour in Virginia for a year before I moved down to Arkansas. Um, you know, I've been, I've done every job at the OPA level from, you know, packaging organs to first assisting in our liver recovery program, uh, to COO, to surgical director, hospital development director. So I've just kind of this well-rounded career all, all based upon organ donation. And I'm, I'm really truly blessed that ever since college, I've been, I've been doing this and had a part in, in saving lives. So it's been, it's been a great journey and, and I'm loving it down here in Arkansas. 
Well, we thank you for coming down. And as a as an as a person who's originally from Michigan, also, I must agree with you about the weather because I remember going to school <laughs> in the snow when I was younger, and I had to sit on my uncle's shoulders because it was above my head. And they still didn't close school. So we had nothing up there. And then I came back here and they had like a, a, a tenth of snow and we got out for like two days. I was like, this is wonderful. Yeah, I think so, you shut the office down in Arkansas twice because of the fear of snow. And right. <laughs> they get out the fear of snow. Snow. But, you know, in Michigan, you, it didn't matter. We just went. So it's, it's definitely different down here. But obviously the infrastructure is a little different. So you can't do that stuff that... You know, we have snow plows and salt and people who work the roads and you know, mm-hmm. don't need to have all that down here because the weather is so amazing. So. Well, um, as Mike was saying, we're so excited to have you here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your connection with donation? Yeah, sure. Well, obviously, I've been in this job for a very long time. So I've, I've been uh, I've been at the bedside and I've been approaching families and, and you know, been just connected with the whole process, I think, throughout my entire career. And I've always had this huge passion for this for this job and, and saving lives. Um, but just about four years ago, I think next month will be um, four years, my daughter actually had a tonsillectomy at the age of 22 that didn't go well. Uh, we ended up cutting her carotid artery and um, she actually exsanguinated. Um, and it took about several weeks, if not almost a month in the hospital um, but she actually progressed to brain death, um, which was, you know, something that in this industry, we see weird things happen all the time and you never know when your time's up. And, you know, I've seen, you know, little children die and mothers and fathers die and it's never easy. Um, and I always thought donation was this great thing to help people and it, it helped, you know, close that loop and provide that legacy. And, and I never believed that more than when it happened to me. Um, you know, when I was approached and I had to make that decision, uh, whether my daughter would be an organ donor, um, it was actually easy when they when we talked because having done this for so long, my kids were, you know, four or five years old when I started in this career. We talked about donation from the time that they could speak until the time they got their license. Um, and they always thought that, you know, why would somebody not do this, Dad? Why would we want to save a life? And And so my kids have always been extremely excited to to do this they wrote papers in high school so um, when we knew it was that time for her for us to make that decision it was really easy because she signed up on the registry she was a registered donor her mom and i knew what her wishes were um so it made it really easy and it actually was really comforting to know that you know her last dying wish on this earth was to save another person and for me that's who she was i mean she was this bubbly person uh, she was actually uh, in her last semester of nursing school. She wanted to be just like dad when she grew up. She loved what I did. She was so passionate about donation and helping people. Uh, she was just finishing up her rotations and to become a nurse so she could follow in my footsteps, which, you know, I have a lot of, you know, means a lot to me personally. Um, but the donation process, uh, you know, it, it, it's helped us a lot. Um, you know, we got to meet several recipients she donated her heart, um, both of her lungs, her liver, her kidneys. She donated her hair, her corneas, and they made over 500 segments of tissue uh, that's still being distributed to the day. Uh, I get update letters from them all the time. Um, but we actually have a really strong connection with both kidney recipients and the lung recipients. We've gotten together, had some celebrations, and, and our family's now their family, and their family's now our family. 
Um, so we feel a, a huge connection. Uh, one of the other things I'm passionate about is uh, making sure that we have diversity, equity, and inclusion in the transplant arena and, and healthcare in general. Um, I'm also the president of the Association for Multicultural Affairs and Transplant. Uh, so we're trying to just look at the health, the healthcare disparities uh, in transplant and in, in healthcare overall. Um, so in leading that organization, I found it very ironic that uh, when my daughter was a donor, all of her recipients were minority-based. So her lung recipient, Amy Bradley, I hate to say a lung recipient because her name is Amy Bradley, and I love this woman to death. Uh, she's a, a middle, uh, mid-40s uh, African-American lady with three children and like six grandchildren. And she used to be tied to an oxygen tank. And then when she came over and they all came to the house, uh, you know, she's running around chasing the grandkids like nothing ever happened. And, and, and she couldn't do that before transplant. And I know that that's part of what my daughter did for her. Um, one of the kidney recipients, his name is, is George. Um, He's a Pakistani man who works for the FBI, and he's a linguistics expert for the FBI. He said he couldn't tell me any more about what he does because he's got to kill me. Uh, I believe him. So uh, it's kind of neat. And our, the other kidney recipient, Florinda, who's a Filipino lady, um, her husband was so inspired about her getting a transplant that he donated a kidney to a man in Tennessee. And then that guy's wife donated her kidney to another person in Michigan. And every time one of those transplants happened, I get a I got a FaceTime video from the surgeon and to show me that because of what we started, that multiple people got transplants. So uh, it's really neat because when people say, you know, tell me about your daughter, um, obviously she didn't grow up to be the nurse that she could have. But to me, she's a FBI linguistics expert, right? She's an altruistic donor through multiple means. And, and she's also a mother and grandmother of some of multiple kids and children where she gets to see and breathe life through, through Amy. Uh, we haven't had a chance to meet the heart recipient, but I know he was a child, a 25-year-old uh, kid from New York. And we've only had verbal conversations with the liver transplant recipient. And she's a Hispanic lady that lives in Cincinnati. So to be running an organization that deals uh, strictly in minority affairs and, and transplant, to have every one of her organs go to somebody of, of minority descent was huge for me. And I know it would have been huge for her because that's that's my other passion is making sure that you know we look at those things and, and find ways to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. Mark, that's, that's an amazing story, an amazing connection that you have uh, and we have seen pictures of your daughter and she is absolutely beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, okay, I have a quick question for you. So you have been in the OPO, OPO world for quite some time. What was your first job in the OPO world? Um, I was the uh, a preservationist. So I was there in the OR, um, and when the organs were recovered, it was my job to package and label, making sure that they were delivered to the right place. Uh, back in those days, we also, um, the, the organs would come out, we, could, we even placed them on pumps 25 years ago. Uh, they're, they're not the technical, technology-based pumps that we use today, but we placed them on pumps, and my job was to dissect the kidneys down to you know the anatomical level to where we could place them on pumps. 
I remember one time um, a kitty was being accepted in South Dakota and I was working in Toledo and they wanted this kidney, but they wanted it on a pump. And we were one of the only centers in the country at that point that pumped kidneys. And so they, I flew on a, a commercial airline, first class, me in one seat, the kidney pump in the next seat over. And then I flew to South, Car or South Dakota. And you should have seen the looks in the airport when I'm pushing a wheelchair down with the kidney. I, I mean, I would try to be as modest as possible to try to pick it up, but it definitely drew a lot of attention. And back then there was no, you know, uh, Homeland Security. So it was a little easier to do things like that. And uh, I went all the way to the hospital and, and helped the surgeon take the kidney off the pump while they transplanted it. So that was probably one of my first jobs, that, but one of the first memories that I made that, you know, transplant is so important. And even yes. 25 years ago, it was so important that I had to fly out there to, to help save one person's life. And it's totally worth it, totally worth it. And I'll never forget that experience. Wow, uh, that sounds like one of those experiences that would certainly get you um, hooked on the donation process for the rest of your life. That's amazing. Yeah, you come to work and you don't know what you're doing the next day. I mean, yeah. it happens all the time and it's very unfortunate. You know, I've had my own as well. Um, but to try to show people that, it, that you might not see it now, but five years later, three yes. years later, you know, these things help and these things can help provide that legacy that we're always, always looking for. And, you know, it's yeah. hard to make that decision when you don't know what your loved one wants. But when you when you look at it long term, it's an amazing process. It's just yes, it is. It is. Well, let's talk about long term. So you've been in the, the OPO world for 25 or so years. What is your vision for Aurora? Well, I think the government made it pretty clear when they came out with the new metrics on what an OPO should look like and how we should perform. Um, and historically, Aurora's always met the metrics that were set in front of them. Uh, so these new metrics were a little challenging for our organization. Uh, so I think we needed to expand what we were doing. You know, typically, we did um, somewhere around you know, 10% donations following cardiac death. Uh, we didn't really look at uh, I think there was more opportunity to look at some more expanded donors, some more older donors, donors that have higher acuity levels of, of care um, that we weren't looking at before. Um, and, and in the past, Aurora would typically do around 65 organ donors a year. Uh, and that was a good year for them. But under the new metrics, that's not, that's not acceptable. So we've made some changes about how we respond on site, making sure that if a hospital calls, we go on site every single time and look for that opportunity. We're approaching twice as many families as we were two years ago. Last year, we did 107 organ donations, and I think we're on pace this year to do about 140. Uh, so we're just, we're out there now. Uh, referrals are coming in, the hospitals are working collaboratively with us. Uh, we're, we're very fortunate to live in a state where a lot of people are on the registry. Um, so I, I think just being present and being more active uh, you know, we're now looking at, uh, you know, I think we just did our oldest liver donor this year was 78 years old. So I'm super proud about that. And also this month of May, we've actually set a record for Aurora. The previous record was 14 donors in one month, and they set that last year. Uh, we've done 16 already this month, um, which which is great. You know, talk about breaking records. And when you talk 16 donors and breaking records, you know, that's a lot of transplants. 
that's a lot of lives saved. I mean, by the end of this month, we should be around 18 to 20 organ donors, and, and we'll have saved over 50 lives this month. And, and for an organization our size, it's tremendous. And we're, we're going to meet the new CMS metrics this year, and, and we're really excited about that. That, that's great. I do think also that that is a testament to the generosity of our Kansans, that they are registering. Um, and we have different ways of registering and they're, they're doing that. So uh, I think that is, speaks well for our Kansans. Arkansans is really a word when I came down here. Yes, it is. It's Arkansans. They are. And so now you are an Arkansan. You know that, right? So I am. Yes. We are We are happy to have you here, Mark. And we are excited about the work that you've started. And we know that this is all about saving lives. And that is our purpose here. And we're excited that you have such a passion for this. That it gives, I've seen since you've been here, how it just kind of spreads throughout the company. And and that's exactly what companies need are great leaders like yourself. And we want to thank you for joining us on Facebook Live today, sir. Uh, We hope that you have a great weekend. Mm -hmm. Try not to. And I love the 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 picture behind your head. That's a great. Well, I used to ride motorcycles. (laughs) Not not, not, not anymore. Yeah, that's a good, good idea not to do that anymore. (laughs) <laughs> we want to thank you for joining us, Mark. And you have a great day, sir. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Mark. Bye, Mark. If you have any questions for us, please call 501-907-9150. And if you're ready to make a life-restoring decision and register to become an organ, tissue, and eye donor, go to DonateLifeArkansas.org. Radiate is a production of Aurora and is hosted by Audrey Coleman, Aurora's Director of Communications.